and welcome to the Catholic Connect podcast. I'm your host, David Scubin. This is a podcast for all Catholics and people of goodwill who strive to live in the world, but not be of the world. First and foremost, we need to be disciples of Jesus ourselves, and then we go forth and make disciples of all nations, just as our Lord commanded. Through a series of timely topics and great guests, we will take that long and narrow journey to heaven together, encouraging each other in faith and virtue along the way. So let's get started. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Well, I'm really looking forward to this conversation with our next guest. He's a husband and father, first and foremost. Uh, he's also an author, columnist, and is going to be hosting on the Crusade channel called The Kennedy Professions. So it's uh, great to welcome from his undisclosed bunker somewhere in Ontario, Mr. Kennedy Hall. Thanks for joining us here in Wild Rose Country on the Catholic Connect podcast. Welcome. I uh, just uh, from... The belly of the beast behind enemy lines and the communist republic of toronto i'm not in toronto but the whole province pretends it is uh you know we're saying hello from the other side awesome well, we'll help you try to do some recon work here and uh <laughs> one day try to give you a little bit of hope of some sort caddy and, and we're hoping that we can uh, it'll be mutual because we we have our struggles in alberta as well but I, we're going to talk about maybe some more heavier stuff here right away but i, I gotta ask you uh I, i'm a little bit new to to your your ministry kennedy it's an exciting ministry i love seeing it and i I see that you have a, a passion for rugby, and I like sports. Yeah. And every four years, there's always this this uh, this great spectacle comes on television. Turn mm-hmm. it on, and all of a sudden, the Rugby World Cup comes. Canada even has an entry, and yeah. uh, it seems like a real masculine, manly sport. So now I'm almost 40, Kennedy, so I, I just want to ask okay. you, am, am I too late to convince my wife to start playing rugby at this age, or, or should I stay on the waiting list for the lawn bowling club? Mm-hmm. Tell me. Well, if you have <laughs> you have access to knee surgeries, I think through the Medicare out in uh, Alberta, so you might be fine. Yeah, we still have a Give little a bit shot. of that, even though it's uh, it's a bit of a boondoggle here. We we spend twenty two billion dollars, and uh, it's pretty it's pretty expensive. We don't get as much as you think, or that we should. But that's another story for another day. <laughs> yeah, that's another story. <laughs> well, this is uh, it's great to, to chat with you, Kennedy. And, and like I said, I I um, a little bit new to, to what you're doing. I know that you're a part of um, the Crusade channel and that's where your yep. new radio show is going to be here. And it's starting just around the corner. That's why I'm so grateful that you took some time for us here right before you launch it. So maybe tell our listeners a little bit about the Crusade channel itself, how you got involved yeah. and, and what your show is going to be looking like. Yeah, sure. The Crusade channel is uh, essentially, well, so the, the man who started his name is Mike Church. He um, was, he has been on radio for 30 years or more and um the longest time was an fm guy and then an xm satellite radio guy basically he was conservative talk radio your morning show your afternoon show sort of thing and he had a long-standing show called the mike church show on xm patriot which uh people who like if you're a conservative and you listen to xm radio that's probably the one you listen to 90 percent of the time sean hannity's on that station uh no sean hannity's not right about anything but his big name um you know, Breitbart's big into that station and it's a good station. He was the morning show for about 13 years, eventually decided to do sort of his own thing. And, uh, he had a major reversion to the, his, his, his baptismal faith. Want to do something a little bit more Catholic. So basically he's trying to, he started the station trying to fill the need of, um, you know, we, uh, we have to talk about the culture as Catholics because we live in it. I'm a fan of Amish Catholicism. <laughs> if you want to go do that, if you can, that's wonderful. I wish I could do that some days. But if you're not there, you're not there. And many of us aren't. So we have to raise our kids. We have to 
deal with politics. We have to go to the bank. We have to start businesses. So we kind of have to find our way to navigate through all the, the you know, the, the snakes out there and, and figure it out and stay safe and keep our family safe and get to heaven. So the biggest place where politics or sorry, where religion uh, operates in today's culture is politics. You can't really talk about religion in, in society, especially in Canadian society, but you can talk about political issues, which uh, politics basically means in the Greek tradition, ethics applied to society. So if it's an ethical question, it's ultimately a religious question. So politics is an important place. We saw this with the Trump election thing and, and we'll see it here with Canada in the next three, four months, probably they'll call one and who knows. But so he started this, it's basically conservative talk radio, but from a Catholic perspective, we're not a quote unquote Catholic radio station because that's its own thing. You got to be under a bishop or have the approval of a bishop. Um, and to be honest, there's certain things that you will get, you know, you'll get the red light, uh, you know, to rope you in off the stage if you go on certain topics. That's fine. That's the prudential nature of, of explicit, explicit Catholic radio. Um, so we're not going down that road because... You know, um, you know, we saw, for example, with this last election in the States, you know, it was a lot of Catholics were thinking, why is why can't uh, my priests without penalty just sort of speak up about how I can't be a, a Democrat voter or something? I mean, it seems pretty obvious I shouldn't go out and vote for abortion. I mean, it's, you know, Republicans aren't perfect, but it's not that. So this Crusade Channel's idea is like, we know what we got to say we're all faithful Catholics. Um, we, you know, we don't take any test of orthodoxy or something, but we all know we have everything about each other as far as what we believe. We definitely have priests and stuff on all the time, but it's not an apologetic station. So if we want to go and just like today, I was just talking about uh, Cuba, you know, the, the protest. I've spent some time in Cuba, not just on the resort, but, um, you know, other things. And and um, I was like, this is the perspective. This is what you got to understand. You wouldn't really be able to talk about that on a, on a non-political station, if that makes sense. But it's an important thing. And we, you got to hear it from a Catholic place. So basically, it's conservative talk radio for Catholics, although everyone's welcome. I think we should be thankful for that. I think, you know, if you need, you know, some uh, uh, help with apologetics, you go to you go to a, a Catholic Answers or something like that. EWTN's got some good programming. That's right. Uh, I myself, I'm a big fan of Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I know you're probably familiar Love with it. Jesse Romero and uh, mm -hmm. Terry Barber and, and the whole crew there. There's some, there's some good stuff. But, yeah, you know, kind of the catchphrase of our podcast, our little humble podcast, is to be in the world and not of the world. And even for myself, I, I work a very secular job. But, uh, you know, as Catholics, mm -hmm. we need to be armed with, with everything. So we need to, to be, a, first, we got to know our faith. We got to, you know, treasure it, cat, be catechized and evangelized ourselves first and foremost. And then when we get out, yeah. but we're in the world, we also have to, you know, we still need to be involved in that political realm, understanding the issues as best we can. But we also need to be plugged into the right sources, Kennedy, right? We can't be plugged mm -hmm. into CNN and CBC and, and yeah. expect uh, to be getting uh, the truth and uh, nothing but the truth. You know they've oh. proven already to uh, to uh, to be very slanted and and very uh, very much from the left. And this is something this is something the evangelicals do well. Um, they have there's a wonderful radio station in the states. Uh, something family. I can't remember what it's called. There's a show on there called The Hamilton Corner or something. It's quite good. Um, but they're unabashedly conservative and they're devout evangelicals, so they go hand in hand. The only problem is, though, is you tune in, but then you hear a bunch of error, like religious error. So it's like, that was a great take on why this movement's bad, that movement's bad, but now you just quoted Martin Luther or something, and it's like, oh, you know. So, um, but that's smart what they do, because it's not that you're living in a bubble. It's just, listen, you're going to get your information through some filter. At least the filter, you can get it through, you can trust. That's kind of the idea. 
absolutely. No, that's great. So, yep. so you're going to have a three hour show every day for every, every week. That's uh, so exciting, Kennedy. I'm uh, going to definitely pray for you and, and encourage our listeners to pray and support you as well in whatever way they can. Uh, tell us what that show is going to look like, Kennedy. You got three hours a day. What what's it going to look like? Yeah. So um, it'll be. Uh, so I'm obviously Canadian. This is the uh, the Canadian. What is this? The Canuck Canadian Canuck podcast. Yeah, the Catholic you Canuck. Yeah, you bet. Catholic Canuck. Yeah, sorry, you got it. Canadian Canuck. That's redundant. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, so a lot of Americans ask me what a Canuck means. I said, well, you know, I'm not. I'm not the Catholic Canuck myself. A Canuck just means a superior being. It just means a superior being. So you know, that's what we are as Canadians. That's right. We just, eat bacon and don't don't uh, don't uh, confuse <laughs> Justin Trudeau with a Canadian. Oh, don't please do don't. Yeah, or or a Catholic, please. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. My goodness, Joe Biden even pretends to be Catholic. At least, at least Trudeau doesn't even pretend anymore. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, every day. So I'm because I'm not American. It's a mainly American audience that we have. A little bit international, but it's mainly American. Um, so I my, I mean, I know American politics as well as I need to, but I'm not going to go into the um, minutia of what's going on in the various like houses of representatives and stuff. That's just not my wheelhouse. Okay. Um, that's what Mike, Mike does that and more in the morning, Mike church. He does the morning show. He's American born and raised. He knows the political scene, like the back of his hand. He can speak about things with a level of expertise. He's, he's done documentaries and things like that on the founding of America and the constitution and stuff. He knows, he knows everything encyclopedically. Whereas for myself, you know, if you, in the morning you, you listen to his station, cause you subscribe, you get all the channels, you get all the shows and you listen to him on the way into work, sort of more like what's exactly happening today. Um, what is it, what's happening in politics? What's going on? How does that function? Um, this is the Catholic perspective and so on and so forth. And he has some variety as well. The other day he had a, uh, uh, cigar tasting in studio and there was a cigar aficionado expert, basically like a sommelier of cigars came in and it was really cool. Um, but for my show, because I'm a teacher by trade and I'm an author and, you know, I've written fiction, I've written nonfiction, I write articles all the time, magazines and stuff. Basically, I take more of a, a cultural view, uh, looking at it through the lens of the faith and of, of the natural law. So um, one set, one section that we're going to have frequently, if not every day, play on the last name Hall. We're going to have study hall because I'm a teacher. So it'll be, you know, we're going to go through a book from Tan Books or something. And um, last half hour, let's say, of every show or whatever it ends up being. And, uh, you know, I, I encourage everyone to get the book, you know, help out the good Catholic publishers. And we're going to go through that column I mean, you know, almost not a book study, but we're going to go through stuff like that. Um, I'll also just look at the headlines and talk about those from a perspective. I'll have a lot of guests um, uh, and that'll be sort of the nuts and bolts of it. So just, uh, you know, your basic function of your basic structure of what uh, good talk radio is like a mix of guests, a mix of original stuff, a mix, a mix of monologues a mix of articles and things, but it'll be from the perspective of taking the cultural view um, and uh, trying to understand things in a way that's positive. You know, one of the things that I, I think is bad is too much negativity. Clearly the truth is negative. Like sometimes, you know, Hey, you're going to die in five minutes. Well, that could be a negative. It could be a positive because it means you, if you're in a state of grace, it's a good thing. Um, but um, you know, the sky is falling. Yeah, the sky is falling. So do we, do we just talk about how the sky is falling the whole time? Or do we talk about how we should fix the roof? You know? So, uh, you know, I think that one of the, especially if you're going home at the end of the day, you've had a hard day at work. <laughs> um, you know, people have their things. The last thing you need to do is listen to a, uh, a show that's going to get you riled up just before you walk in to see your wife and kids. You need to be in a good mood when you get home. So I'm hoping that by the end of it, 
I can people put people in a good mood. So if there's anything a little bit negative, it'll be in like the three o'clock hour. <laughs> but by the time you're finished the five o'clock, six o'clock hour, and it's it's from three to six every day, you'll leave being happy, inspired, uplifted, and uh, ready to go and see your family. I think they called it was it the sandwich theology or philosophy or you know making sure you kind of get the the negatives out of the way and then you put the positive at the end to make sure it uh, yeah it's palatable. Yeah, that's that's great. And you know what? I think that. Um, you know, when we give the news, we know there's there's a lot of negatives going on in the world, certainly in, inside of our church as well, and it can be discouraging. But we also need to have a message of action and to go forward, especially as men, right? Like we need to, you know, we need to be challenged and say, okay, you know, here here's the, the state of affairs right now in the church and in our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of sitting back and, and doing nothing or just being angry and complaining about it, uh, you know, here's what we can do to to be men of action, to make a difference, a true difference for Jesus Christ. Cause we can do that not mm-hmm. only in our families and our church, but we can do that for the world too. And I know it's a little bit scary for guys. I know it can be scary for myself stepping out of that comfort zone and, and, and being that witness of the gospel. But uh, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons I, I like listening to the Virgin most powerful radios because they do give mm-hmm. you the, the goods. And then they say, but here's, you know, how you can be a man of action and, and, a, and a good, a good Catholic in that sense. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to hear your work, Kennedy. I'm, I'm really glad that you took some time to, to uh, kind of introduce us to what you're, you're up to. So I, I know you said that you're going to kind of go through the, the, the news articles of the day. And uh, since I kind of chatted with you here uh, a few days ago, I, it was one particular article that you'd written on uh, LifeSite news, which was outstanding okay. and uh, kind of sent you some notes on that, but you know, things are changing so fast. It's almost like, you know, we get some, yeah, it, that's almost old news now. It's just, it's crazy the way things are going, but still some really important things. I, I did want to talk to you about, uh, you know, this, this crazy virus. Um, we're in Alberta. I say, you know, I guess we count our blessings, you know, if they're, they're small blessings, but I mean, compared to folks like yourself in Ontario, we've, we've been blessed in the sense that we've had access to mass uh, almost the entire time with the exception of a few weeks here and there. Uh, there have been some, some big restrictions, um, that have been frustrating to deal with, but what's the state of affairs in Ontario right now this summer? It seems like, you know, we look at our, at our American friends here and our, and uh, you know, it seems like everything's wide open, whether that's a sporting event or even just attending mass, but it seems that Canada, we are lagging behind. And then in the race, you know, our, our friends out in Eastern Canada, especially Ontario are, are even further behind. So maybe kind of tell us the state of affairs of what it is now and how it's been for you and, and your, your parish and your, your community. Well, out in uh, East Coast, they got that whole COVID curtain thing going on. You can't go in or out, basically, unless you have... I mean, basically, it's a different country. My wife has family out there. We can't visit them. Um, uh, you, you can go if you're fully vaccinated or something, but we're not going to get into that whole thing. We're just That's just not something we're going to do. So um, we just can't go right now. I mean, I think you can. You got to isolate for 14 days. We got four little kids. I mean, it's not going to happen. Um which is a shame because we're actually only like a 17 hour drive from really great family out there and we just can't see them anyway. But um, I don't know what it's like in the maritime provinces as far as restrictions. I think most of their restrictions are pretty much gone, but it's, it's at the cost of having that closed society. I think that's how they're looking at it. It's kind of like New Zealand. I don't know about masks and things like that out there. I don't know, but I know that uh, because they've been closed down to the rest of the country, they've been pretty open relatively, relatively like they've had sports since, They've had sports pretty much the whole time, for example. We just started rugby again. I got practice tomorrow night. We just started again last week. And that was the first time we were able to have a real practice in a year and a half or whatever. Um, In Ontario, we are actually moving into stage three. 
all these stages mean different things, different places on Thursday, on Friday. And we have no actual fully opening plan. We don't actually have a plan for it. Stage three is just basically open, but there's no plan as of yet to actually open up all the way. Um, so our final stage is just like 80% open and then that's it. So hopefully they do something else. Uh, but it's it's very random. It's like you can have 15,000 people at an outdoor sporting event, but not 16,000 or whatever. You know, uh, you can have, we've been having mass mostly the whole time um, because our priests, well, I attend a traditional chapel and, and um, when the government, our priests have never stopped giving us sacraments. Lots of priests did, but ours didn't. Um, so basically, when the this whole time you've been, you've at least been able to do gatherings of five or ten for religious reasons. So under those auspices, the priests have always confession, uh, receive holy communion, um, and you know, in a ceremony sort of thing in small family groups, and then ten person masses, rotating daily masses, and then you can have outdoor masses with limited people. So we've had outdoor mass a lot. We actually had Easter outdoors, and it was nice weather this year which was great. Um, and on Friday, it says you can have large indoor religious gatherings, but it says you have to still maintain distance. So I would imagine our priests will interpret that in the way that's best for the faithful. Um, and it says, I don't even, it says you can now have indoor gatherings where it isn't possible to wear a mask. I don't know what that means. I think they're basically mean things like nightclubs like i imagine if they're going to open a nightclub you can't walk around with a mask on while you're holding a beer not that you should go to a nightclub and do that but i think that's the idea and i think it has to do with personal care services i don't know but either way the veil is kind of falling back um it, it'll eventually be gone um it'll just be rain to be seen whether they'll bring it back i don't i doubt they will uh only because i just think people are tired of it even normal people are just kind of tired of it and they they love the, they bought into the whole vaccine narrative and it's like hey we did it Let's move on. I think in a place like Alberta, for example, it'd be a hard sell to lock down again, especially when the narrative is so radically different. Um, anyway, that's my thoughts. So uh, yeah. we have mass. mass at the nightclub, maybe, and then have a beer after. Maybe oh, my goodness. We could have had it in. Yeah, we could have had it in a Walmart <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> but you know what's funny? As much as Canada is very socialist, um, and I understand not everyone wants to do this, but I haven't worn a mask. Not This is not me self-aggrandizing. I just haven't because I looked immediately at the legislation and I was like, well, it says exemptions. So, and it doesn't even just say medical. It says exemptions for um, uh, creed. Like, so it's under the Human Rights, uh, Ontario Human Rights Council or something, which is a vague, ridiculous thing, but it includes literally everything. Disability, ethnicity, gender, orientation, religion, creed, which is different than religion, whatever. So I'm just like, okay, hey, my creed is I'm not a communist. <laughs> So, and I get it. It's a, it's a pain in the rear end. People go to the, people go to the stores and I, they don't want the attention. It is unnerving at times. People look at you funny, but it was just a decision that we made. So as bad as things have been, to be honest, nothing has happened to people that have tried to live their life normally. If you just really try, just the sad part has been that, um, outside of personal things you can do, like seeing people. And I played hockey in a chicken barn all, all winter, you know, like a friend made an ice rink or whatever that was like technically against the rules people can do that but it's been so restricted publicly that's been the problem people need to live their life i mean that's just the thing and i i, I think that uh, you know and maybe this is where this is where we ask the question i know it's a you know i i really don't care if it's unpopular i think in the church we need to have these discussions you know you look at the these uh, sweeping dispensations so that uh, you know um 
I, I know even just watching a, a few of the televised masses out of, out of Toronto and Montreal, you get these massive basilicas that could probably hold a thousand people and you've got 10 people in there distanced with a mask. I mean, hiding from what scared from what I, I don't know. I, I felt bad. I was, I was glad that they attended mass, but uh, you know, just visually it did not, did not look good. And yet uh, Kenny, I think that the, the greatest injustice of this is that abortion centers remained open Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. on demand, uh, no restrictions, deemed an essential service. Mm-hmm. We never really saw a lot of pushback from our leadership in the church. It is what it is. Hard to argue that. We saw more pushback from our Protestant, our separated Protestant brothers and sisters, unfortunately, and they a lot of them paid some heavy prices, especially here in Alberta. Mm-hmm. What kind of an opportunity did we miss here, Kennedy? to be a, a real message of hope to the world and also to bring our Eucharistic Lord to this country and say that it's important. We can't do this over Skype. We have to do this in person. Uh, this is a tough one because so um, obviously God has allowed this sort of thing to befall us for various reasons. Okay. You know, I listened to a sermon from a priest from uh, Kentucky uh, around Christmas time. It was called, thank God. It was actually after new year's and it was called thank God for 2020. He just talked about all the things we learned, you know, um, we learned a lot. We learned a lot and we learned a lot of hard lessons. Okay. And we wouldn't have learned those lessons otherwise. And all things, as St. Paul says, work for, for, for good ultimately, because that's how God ordains it. And he can, he can figure, he can take good out of evil and that's, that's up to him. Um, and on the one hand, there's a razor's edge between being principled and fighting for what's right, believe me, if I could, I would pull the Braveheart option every single day of my life. That would be my, that Braveheart is my love language. Um, but courage can become stupidity, you know. Um, uh, motivation can become being rash. You can be imprudent and then you can cause greater harm than good. So one of the things I've learned from this is the bishops, they did the wrong thing. They did. They just objectively speaking, they did the wrong thing. They should have. They should have fought for. Listen, I. No matter what you think about the coronavirus, <clears throat> at this point, let's be honest, it's not what they said it would be. It's been obvious for a long time. Um, it's never been something that's affected anyone of a young age. Even the, you can look at the CNN numbers and you'll see survival of the flu rate even le- even more surviving of the, than me higher survival rate than the flu for under the age of 70 so it's like from the day one it's like no brainer schools should be open no brainer okay you're a 75 year old teacher fine take the time off i mean there's a thousand substitutes waiting for a job you can figure it out till you feel safer you know there's a million ways that if you even if you were following the communist propaganda outlets you could still realize this thing is not going to affect you if you're not old and sick that's obvious any more than anything else would in life the bishops could have, they even even taking it seriously, they could have known that. They should have stood up to the government, objectively speaking. Um, but we learned a lot about even some of the bishops we thought were good, like Cardinal Collins, Toronto, generally pretty decent on doctrinal things. The best he did is he asked for a little bit of concessions. I said, fine, you can have 15% capacity. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. And anyway, but it took him about six months to do that. So if the bishops had have said we're going to stay open, they would have stayed open. The government would have said the bishops are going to stay open because uh, they're a, a powerful group politically. 
Um, they are a fine, they are a wealthy group. And also, um, not just that, but there's an inherent understanding of the kingship of Christ. This is why leftists always want to know what the church is doing, because even though they can't stand it, they recognize that it has the authority. It's it's, it's like devils recognize the authority of the priest, even though they hate him. It's a thing. And so they would have stayed open. They didn't. So, you know, um, for guys like me, us, you know, so-called radical traditionalists, <laughs> um, which is fine. I, I don't mind the label. It's funny. But before lockdown, a lot of us sounded a little bit too extreme. We were like, you're like, well, you got to relax, guys. The bishops, you know, after lockdown, a lot of people are going, oh, okay. So maybe, um, maybe stuff stinks a little bit more than I thought it did. And I don't want that to be the case from a perspective of negativity, just from a perspective of you see it now, the veil is lifted. Now you got to realize that you're going to have to make some more decisions and it's going to be tough. And I talked to a friend, for example, who him and I were at odds for a while. He thought I was going to trad or whatever, basically. And then lockdown and stuff started and he, he kind of looked into certain things and he said, okay, you know, you weren't crazy. Um, so we've learned a lot. And, um, and I hope that those of us who have kept the faith for the last 18 months, I hope it's made us stronger in our faith. I know for myself and my family, it has, um, I've been home for a year and a half basically at this point. Uh, we've never prayed more together than we have the last year and a half. And that was made possible by the fact that I spent so many hours in my house. So if I ever were to get a job again, where I would leave the house, there were certain things in place. Like we do the Angelus now. We never did that. We do basically at every meal. We go to daily mass all the time now, which we never used to do. We did pray the rosary, but now we pray it more often and we pray more novenas. Um, and um, we pray uh, other devotions. All these things are made possible by being home together. Uh, so anyway, I hope it's strengthened. So it was evil what happened. The bishops should have responded differently, but the good coming out of it is that the remnant faithful are probably stronger. Yeah, I had, I totally agree with that. That's that's a great point, Kennedy. I, I know for myself, even just being at home, it's been a blessing to spend more time with my children as well. Yep. Um, and uh, I, I do pray that we've learned some lessons. You know, I, I'd, I'd consider myself, I know you're, you would consider you a traditional Catholic, and that's awesome because I consider myself a traditionally minded Catholic, but I, I yep. still go to the Novus Ordo Mass. And, uh, but I've been really blessed in our town here. We've had some fantastic priests. Uh, the one thing that they did during this whole, uh, you know, fiasco, I guess, is that they, they made confession available all the time. I went yep. to confession more in the last year and a half than I have before. Mm -hmm. Not that I wasn't doing it. Reason, relatively frequently, but I was definitely, you know, and I still tell people on this podcast, they know that's a big part of what, what I want to, um, to talk to people, but I was living a sacramental life and going to confession every month or anytime you're yeah. in a state of mortal yeah. sin. So every two to yeah. four weeks I was going, they would make it available. It was, it was great. So I do feel from a spiritual perspective that I've personally grown. And I think our family's grown, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I, I, but I look at this as, as a, as a distraction, you know, like we have, we're an evangel a church of evangelization. That's that's been our goal for two thousand years. And even in the church documents, you look at even the older ones, even some of the more recent ones, it says you know our first priority is to save souls. And I look at this this virus as a it's a distraction to that because the source and the center of the Catholic life, the Christian life, is the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. And if you're dispensed from something, saying well, you know, you don't have to go. You can watch this on Zoom. You could take a spiritual communion. Yes, spiritual communion is is good, and we should 
uh, make one every day if you can't make it to, to mass. But um, just that I walk away from this whole thing saying as the church as a whole has not put enough emphasis on yep. the sacraments itself. Does that make sense to you, Kennedy? Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, there was some sad, I mean, the diocese I'm in, I won't say which one it is. I'm not trying to to, to, to unnecessarily speak poorly of the bishop. Um, but it was like one of the worst ones in the country. And, you know, like, just make an act of contrition. And God will forgive you. I'm thinking, well, that's Protestantism. You know, uh, they stopped baptisms, for for example. And I'm like, well, that's kind of a big deal. Um, you can still get married, though. That was a weird thing. Like, listen, this is the, funny, the thing that was so strange is, uh, you can get married without a priest present. Canon law stipulates that uh, pretty simply. I think it's it's either code 686 or 868. I get them mixed up. Or Canon 868 or 8686. Basically, it says it says if you have to wait longer than a month, that only one month, that counts as grave inconvenience. Um, so that was like, this was the, per if you were, if you, again, if you believed in the logic of the coronavirus and you said, this is serious for a certain demographic of people, we're going to do X, Y, and Z because the government asked us to be careful. So these are the five things we want you to do. For one, confession all the time, because why not? Two, processions stand six feet apart. That's what St. Charles Borromeo did in, in Milan and in, in the big plague they had in the time of the you know 15 something or other. And that was typhus, which actually leaps off of fleas. So they actually stood three meters apart because that was actually necessary. Um, and at one, one for one of those uh, during the Black Plague, they actually kept the Pope in a ring of fire. Do you know that? They actually sat the Pope in his room and they had an actual perpetual ring of fire around him because it was a rudimentary way of knowing they said, whatever this is, it won't be able to get through fire. And the Pope lived. Anyway, wow. so... Um, so yeah, I mean, face masks don't do anything. But if you walked around with a blowtorch, <laughs> you might be fine. Um, so uh, there's a lot they could have done adoration uh, easily, you know, outdoors, uh, even just, hey, the church is open 15 people at a time. You know, you come in the front, you go at the back. We know how to do this. You can go to Walmart, you can go to the adoration. Um, you know, you can receive Holy Communion as a family. You know, hey, if the priest washes his hands, I mean, I don't believe that it's, don't don't over sanitize it like it's some sort of medical procedure but the priest washes his hands and you know he's with the family i mean there's no risk let's be honest um there's a million things they could have done um but it was the opposite it was they didn't do those million things and then they still said you marriage is one of the things they didn't have to do because they could have just said hey guys here's what canon law says we are giving you the permission this is a grave inconvenience you just have to stand in front of your witnesses i can come be your witness if you'd like the priest can do it um and you will be married it's valid because of canon's whatever whatever this is a risk we don't have to take because it's not this isn't a soul saving risk obviously don't be in a state of fornication mortal sin all that but as far as like you need to be in a state of grace so we need to give you confession you need to have sacramental grace in order to not uh, commit mortal sin so we need to give you communion but you can get married without us and also with baptisms, they could have said, we're not doing baptisms. And they say, now please baptize your children in the hospital then. Do it in the name of the Father and Son, the Holy Ghost. And then and then when we see you again, we see you again, we'll pray the exorcism prayers over your child. We're good to go. There's a, they could have told, like, again, they could have done it, but it was it was the opposite. And it reminds me, you know, there will be a time, and I'm, 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 you know, paraphrasing the Bible, but there'll be a time when men will call good evil and evil good. You know, it's an ups, it's a topsy-turvy world, and that's what we've seen. Yeah, and it, I think we're there right now, Kennedy. Right? It just it seems like that. So yeah, but uh, you know, and I, I you know, we, we've heard the statistics too. It's mostly from the United States, but I would say that in Canada they're the same, or if not even probably worse, is that even the people that do go to mass, there's still the the belief in the real presence is such a small percentage of people that even come to mass. 
So it's it's a little scary. So we we've got work to do. Uh, on the topic of uh, of St. Charles Borromeo, because I love St. Charles Borromeo, and uh, had uh, a podcast that I did just talking about his life, and actually the the parish of my youth when I was uh, basically a newborn until I was six was named St. Charles mm-hmm. Borromeo, and I didn't even know it, or I just kind of sort of forgot about it until recently, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, saints pick us sometimes, right? But yep, the the cancellation of uh, Bishop Grandin over residential schools. Uh, I know mm-hmm. that this is uh, more because he was based in Alberta and, and the prairies. Um, and I, I think too of, of uh, you know, to me, he lived such a virtuous life. Yeah. 25,000 miles by snowshoes to evangelize, to baptize. And I was telling somebody the other day, you know, we had that Amazonian synod there about a year and a half ago. And do you remember there was a, there was a fellow from some order. I don't know if he was a priest or a he brother. Was, he was German, but he was in Brazil. Yeah, and he went, and he's like, I've spent 50 years here in the, in the Amazon, didn't baptize anybody. What are we doing here, you know? Yeah. I, 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 I still think of that gentleman. I pray for him. I'm like, how can you show up for your judgment before our Lord and come up with so empty-handed? Bishop Grandin, yeah. 25,000 miles by snowshoe, uh, bringing hope to not only the priests out in, in these the, the hinterlands of Alberta and Saskatchewan, Northwest Territories, but also bringing the gospel and the faith to the native people, uh, probably baptized thousands, thousands of people. And yeah. the Catholic Church yeah. that we have in Alberta today and in the Northwest Territories, and I would argue even across Canada, are the uh, the seeds of the... The, the good fruit has come from the work of Bishop Grandin and the other Oblate priests. Nobody was perfect and nobody has said that, you know, we're all sinners, right? But um, I think of St. Charles Borromeo and if people knew the story about what he did in Milan, even though he was feeding 60,000 people a day there during the plague, uh, they'd probably try to cancel him too, Kennedy, because he probably, he, he, I think that he still kept the water fonts open. <laughs> but on the topic of, of distractions, residential schools, now our churches are burning. The church mm-hmm. has done a lot of work, Kennedy, here in the last several decades to reconcile. But uh, right or wrong, we can't. We can reconcile with the the native people, and I think we've done a great job of, of attempting to do that. But the forces that are burning our churches now that are anti-Catholic has nothing to do with the First Nations. This is a very Marxist. This is a very socialist. Can there ever be reconciliation without the cross with these people, Kennedy? Mm. Well, that's the article I wrote for LifeSite. Uh, no, you know, no. Only, true forgiveness is only through the cross. It's true. Being a Christian means being able to forgive the unforgivable. That's kind of the point. And as far as the residential school thing, I mean, it's been talked about ad nauseum. Um, what's his name? Brian Holdsworth. He did a really great video on that. He's from out your neck of the woods, yeah, uh, and it was good. Listen, no one will. No one. If you talk about the, the 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 native question in Canada objectively, even outside of Catholicism, it's a politically suicidal mission. It's not possible um, to keep your head on your shoulders, uh, you know, if you're in the public eye. Um, so I want to be careful. This is you know because it's 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 a cancelable topic. Let's put it that way. Um, but it is nowhere near a negative, as negative a history as they're making it out to be. Um, there is no context being given for the amounts of decades. Like we're talking like 120 years of time, generations, different geographies, 
different orders, different schools, different funding, different, it's way more complicated than they want it to be. Overall, the work that uh, priests did for the First Nations people in Canada, it was some of the best evangelization and service you'll ever see on the face of the planet. And many First Nations people know this because they're devout Catholics and they hate as much as anybody what's happening. Uh, and in every community, I don't care if it's uh, white leftists, I don't care if it's African-American, I don't care if it's Native Canadian, I don't care what it is. There are opportunists who might not necessarily always do the right thing um, if it can, if they can find, they might not do the right thing if what they can do is play into a political narrative that's advantageous. And we see that with all different groups, it doesn't matter what your skin color is. It's not a race thing. It's just a leftist thing. And leftism is, is in all the colors. Okay. So um, we're not getting an honest portrayal of this First Nations thing. And ultimately, it's an attack on the Catholic Church. Because Canada is a Catholic country, historically. This nation was was built on the backs of priests. Uh, literally, I mean, Alberta, Alberta was basically built by a priest, for goodness sake. Um, Father, I don't know his name is. I was talking. I was actually talking to Sheila Gunn Reed the other day. She was on my show, yeah. and we were talking about it. Yep. What's his name again? Well, there's. Well, I mean, in, in addition to, to Bishop Grand, there's a, a. You know, in Alberta, we just have to look at the names of our towns. So you know, a, a yes. Father Lacombe, for example. Father That's Lacombe. Gruard. That's right. Yeah. So there's a, yes. there's a few in Canada. Yep. They built it. Like, I mean, we're talking, I mean, these are, anyway, it's it, Canada is a wonderful Catholic history and um, it's being attacked because, because it's ultimately the, it's the true silver bullet of leftism is, is Catholicism. Because the, the only thing the devil hates, the thing the devil hates most is the cross and then Catholicism preaches Jesus Christ crucified. So that's why it's under attack. That being said, as much as it is a time right now for, um, well, despair in a sense, not in the supernatural sense, not in a sinful sense, but yes, we look around and we go, oh my goodness, we're, we're, we're screwed. <laughs> you know, you look around, but I think that they're pushing things too far. I think um, Canada as a country, as a, as a national temperament, we're not a, we're not a confrontational people. Um, I think this woke uh, violent leftism that's common in the States will, will have the opposite effect here because um, most Canadians are relatively moderate. They might be immoral in their, in their positions that they find acceptable, but they're relatively moderate in their action. And this radical woke leftism, I think is going to have the opposite effect on the Canadian populace. And the more that we bring, you know, I've talked to a bunch of people who are lapsed Catholics who are like, not fans of the church anymore because they're smart and they know better and whatever they went to Catholic school. But when you bring up the, but they're getting ticked off because they're going, hold on a second. Do not group me in. Like you're grouping me in with these people and you're saying that I'm some sort of pedophile supporter or something. And I have to apologize. And then they look into it and they go, this is not even what they're saying. It is. This is crazy. I actually know a guy who came back to the church because of the abuse scandal. If you can imagine that because the reaction went so far and he went, no, I did. I don't go to mass anymore, but father so-and-so was my soccer coach. He was a really nice guy, you know? Um, so I, I think it's going to have the opposite effect. So I would say, cause I've thought about leaving this country. I'll tell you that, you know, we've thought about leaving just, I don't know, cause you never know. We didn't know how long this is going to be this whole thing, but the more and more I look at what's going on, I'm filled weirdly with a, a greater sense of patriotism and perhaps an imprudent sense of hope <laughs> at what's going to happen because God chastises those who he loves 
So he must really love the nation of Canada right now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, that's great, Kennedy. You know, and I, I've, you know, in the first, that, that church uh, burnt in Morinville, and I don't know if you've ever been out to Alberta, but it was one of our most beautiful churches. When I talk about beauty, I'm talking about something that was built many decades ago. You go from the outside, it's like, this is a nice church. You go inside, it took you to a place, took your yeah. soul to a higher place, right? And, and uh, made you excited to, I always say that, you know, when you go to a church like that, you're excited to meet the saints, excited yeah. to meet Christ, the Blessed Virgin Mary. That was the kind of place it was. It was one of those places with great art, with great art and architecture and statues is, is outstanding. Um, but then to see, yeah, and, and to see the, the anti-Catholic backlash, you know, I guess it's sort of our, our personal side. I, I love being on this team, Kennedy. I love being a Catholic. I, you know, and that's why yeah. I love talking to guys like you. It's uh, it gives me a lot of hope and a lot of, a lot of joy. Um, but then to, to see that, you know, for the, for the few days after that, it was uh, to see the anti-Catholic, like you guys deserve this. Yeah, it was hard to take, right? But then, yeah. then you hear, you know, I even heard some people that weren't even Catholic, but friends, colleagues of mine that said, you know, Dave, why don't you, why don't you Catholics speak up more? Why don't yeah. you talk about the good things that you do in this world? Yeah. You know? And then I thought, you know, it's, it's true. The world, there are people in the world that are looking for that, mm-hmm. that guiding light. And they know what the Catholic church stands for. Like they know what Justin true. Okay. He's a lapsed Catholic, but he says, you know what he says is like that. That's not what a Catholic believes. Yeah, yeah. Joe Biden. They know that's it. not what a Catholic abortion on demand. That's not what Catholics yeah. believe. The world knows, right? And it's to your point earlier about you know how the alt left feels about the church or looks at the Catholic Church. Um, I they know. Yeah, that's right. And um, I think we're seeing who not only who the um, uh, you know who the who our allies are internally in our church. I think that there's people that are it's bringing out a passion, mm-hmm. more love for for things that are beautiful things of the faith for Jesus Christ, but we're also seeing the people of goodwill. And we see that across Canada, that we have a lot of friends and a lot of allies that are looking to us for leadership and are here to support us as well. Because, you know, when the maniacs are knocking at the door, Kennedy, and they're knocking they they've got the, they got a sledgehammer on our door. Uh, it's yeah. funny how the clans start to unite, you know? <laughs> so it is. But one of the things that we at the crusade channel, like, <clears throat> As, as I said, I am a, there are two extremes you can take with sort of, let's say, civil activity as a Catholic. The one is the t- total religious indifferentism. You know, as long as you call yourself a Christian, we'll kumbaya and do whatever. Well, no, because we don't really believe in true religious freedom all the way through because error has no rights. So we do have to be careful with that. Okay. But the other end of the extreme, because it's so, so, you know, for example, like I can't say I'm pro religious freedom if I mean, everyone of a religion gets to promote everything they want because I don't believe that you should promote something that could damn someone's soul because I care about that. It's like, I don't promote, you can't promote anything harmful, any moral, in my opinion, no matter what that can include ideas. And that's, you know, that's dicey. I get it with freedom of speech and stuff, but that's, that's the Catholic position on the other extreme, my fellow trads, <laughs> uh, they can be like, how can you work with so-and-so? He's like a, you know, he's a Zionist or he's a, he's a, a, you know, he's evangelical and, or he supports contraception. It's like, listen, is so-and-so going to pick up the pitchfork and go at the same enemy that I am when he's coming into my neighborhood? I think he is. Um, once we get rid of the, the, once we get rid of the barbarians, <laughs> the hordes coming in to take our children, then maybe after that, we'll have a conversation about theology. But right now, and this is Catholic history though, this, this is what people don't understand. You know, Catholic history is full of, uh, 
especially after the Protestant Reformation, is full of, uh, and even after the Orthodox split, there's it's full of Catholic kings and monarchs and emperors and so forth. Sometimes even hiring mercenary organizations to help with the just war conflicts that weren't Catholic because they would fight for the banner of like the empire or something. It doesn't mean you're sharing theological ideas. So for now, with the Crusade Channel, what we do is we have that mentality. Do you believe Christ should be your master? Check. Do you believe Christ should reign over society? Check. Uh, do you think these three or four things are non-negotiably immoral? Check. All right. We can work together. Um, we're not going to we're not going to attend the same service. Uh, we're not going to, um, I'm not going to say here, uh, you know, be my ch children's godparent or something. Um, but we are on the same team as civil actors. That's the point. And uh, that's why for people that want to hear more than good crusadechannel.com and then just find the subscribe, put the coupon code Kennedy and you'll hear more stuff like this. But also in Canada, this is just my opinion. I think conservatism isn't just woke, but it's broke in Canada. The Conservative Party of Canada has lost it. Um, I have no affiliation with the People's Party of Canada. I know Maxime Bernier isn't perfect, but he's the only guy at this moment who I think uh, is, I think he's the only guy who's actually willing to be canceled. That's kind of a big deal. Um, so whatever that means in your area where you can perhaps be politically active, um, you're going to have to try to find people of goodwill who are patriots and who will at least allow you to stand up for the rights of Christ the King. And that's the best thing we can hope for in Canada right now. Kenny, the, the time's flown. Uh, I, I, I could talk to you about a million other topics, but I really appreciate your time very much. Uh, hopefully we can catch up to you again sometime in the future. Yeah, we'll do it again sometime. I'd love to. We'll, we'll get you settled in with your new endeavors and, and I'll invite you again. That'd be outstanding. So uh, one more time, how can people follow you and how can people get a hold of uh, you, not only, but also what you're, uh, you're doing at the Crusade Channel? Sure. You can go to... Um, well, at Kennedy Hall on Twitter. Even if you don't have a Twitter account, you can still look it up. It's an open profile. You can go to kennedyhall.ca. Easy to remember. Um, and uh, you can go to crusadechannel.com forward slash Kennedy. <laughs> um, and um, I'll send you the link in an email or something. Maybe you can put it in the show notes or something. I will, yeah. Wherever you go, if you just remember Crusade Channel, there's only one of them. Uh, you go to the website. If you can use a podcast app, you can use a website just subscribe whatever level of subscription you pick just put in the coupon code kennedy which is easy to remember and that that means we know where you're coming from well again a big thanks to kennedy hall for joining us and to find more of his work go to kennedyhall.ca or the crusadechannel.com and uh, just look under kennedy hall and he's got a great daily radio show that's on at uh, one o'clock mountain standard time from one to four o'clock every weekday and he just launched it here this past week that we've released this podcast so head on over to support kennedy and the great work that he's doing over at the crusade channel and i'm uh, really excited for his endeavors and definitely look forward to chatting with him again on the podcast and a reminder that the podcast is on facebook on twitter uh, reach out to me anytime various media platforms that we're on always love hearing from the listeners and uh, your stories of faith and your journey with me it means so much so thank you very much for that more great content just around the corner. Again, please like and subscribe as you see fit and uh, tell your friends about our podcast and uh, join the revolution of love that is in the Catholic Church right now. I know it's not an easy time to be a Catholic, but uh, uh, I'm telling you, the, the reward at the end of our lives, if we can stay in a state of grace and behold the beatific vision of Jesus Christ forever with all of our family and friends, it'll all be worth it, my friends. I guarantee you that. So if you are a Catholic and you haven't been to confession in a while, I'm inviting you to go today as you're listening to this. And if you're not a Catholic and you've been thinking, hmm, 
no one's ever asked me to become a Catholic. Well, I'm asking you to consider becoming a Catholic. And if you ever have any questions at all, please reach out to me anytime and uh, we'll get you hooked up with some great resources and uh, we'll be praying for you as well. Uh, this is a truly a great journey to be on. It's a great time to be a Catholic and it's a great time to be a lover of our Lord Jesus Christ. And again, Catholics, you know the drill. If you want to be a real light, a real beacon of hope to this world, you got to be in a state of grace. And that means going to confession at least three times every year, every Advent, every Lent, and any time you're in a state of mortal sin. Don't even spend a second of your life there. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. God bless. We'll chat with you very soon.